And here we are today. What does God commission you to do in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the earmost parts of the world? The apostles fully surrender. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24? If any man wants to come after me, let him deny himself and pick up his cross and follow me. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We're glad you've joined us for our continued study of the book of Acts, an inspiring book illuminating the power of the Holy Spirit in the lives of the earliest Christians. Today, Raul will reflect on how Jesus commissioned his disciples to share the gospel, promising them a divine helper to guide them in wisdom and fill them with strength. Stay with us for assurance that, as a Christian, you have the assurance of the Holy Spirit's presence in your life. Here's Raul Reese in the book of Acts, chapter 1. In the book of Acts, the Lord is going to change people by the power of the Holy Spirit. Look how he begins the book of Acts, chapter 1. He says, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. That word that he says, the former account, is in reference to the Gospel of Luke. He's taking us back to the Gospel of Luke. But then you see that word account, the word is logos, which uh, is translated the word in 218 out of 330 occurrences in the New Testament. You see that word. Logos. The word. The former account of the word that I made, or Theophilus, of all the things that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Notice the ministry of Jesus, doing and teaching, preaching the gospel, healing people. I mean, just doing all the things that he desired to do just because the Father sent him and he wanted to fulfill prophecy concerning himself. This guy by the name of Theophilus, he was a Roman officer. And they said that he not only bought Luke freedom. He was actually a prisoner, and Luke was a doctor, a physician. He took care of Paul the apostle. And they said that he not only bought Luke's freedom, but his name means lover of God. He loved God with all of his heart. I mean, just the name Theophilus, lover of God. How many of us truly, truly love God completely, fully in our lives? The things that he's done for our lives, for God so loved the world that he gave. Jesus never took Never was taking, he was always giving. That's the word love, giving, giving all the time. And I would pray that as we go through the book of Acts, that we would learn to give of ourselves, of our time, of our finances, of everything that we possess in our lives, that we would be able to say, Lord, I give myself to you fully, completely, and this is what I want from you, Lord, and that's your love, your grace and your mercies, which we really want. That's what I want in my life. He says, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. You see, the two main aspects of Jesus' ministry, doing and teaching. That's uh, before his ascension, before he ascended to heaven. 
And then he says, verse 2, until the day in which he, Jesus, was taken up after the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. Now, you notice here in verse 2, until the day in which he was taken, 40 days when he died, he rose again on the third day. He was here with the disciples for 40 days. So 40 days he was here, and then on the day of Pentecost, from the day he arose and went to heaven, 10 days later, he said to wait in the upper room, and the Holy Spirit came upon them. He said, you guys wait for 10 days, you go up into the upper room, and then on the 10th day, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, which will be the 50th day. The 50th day where God would baptize these guys with the Holy Spirit. And surely today we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You notice that he says there until the day in which he, Jesus, was taken up his ascension in the Mount of Olives. We'll see that in a moment. That he ascended from the Mount of Olives. The second time he comes, he's coming back to the same place where he ascended. The Mount of Olives. And here in the book of Acts, he wants them to understand that he was here. He's leaving, but he's coming back again. But when I leave, you guys wait, and the Holy Spirit will come and baptize 120. And from 120, the Holy Spirit will baptize hundreds and hundreds of people to the present time. To the present time. He goes on again, verse 2. Until the day in which he was taken up, he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. You notice that the apostles were chosen, just like you and I are chosen. They didn't just come to Jesus. If you remember Jesus walking around the Sea of Galilee, he went ahead and he chose Peter. He chose his brother, Andrew. He had all these people that he was calling. And when he calls you, if you read the scripture, when he called them, they left everything they were doing to follow Jesus. They didn't say, well, next week, Lord, next month, I got to take care of this and take care of that. Immediately, they followed Jesus. That's important. And when they followed him, guess what? They learned from Jesus what he was doing, preaching, healing. All these things that he was doing, they watched them. And here we are today. What does God commission you to do in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the earmost parts of the world? What has he called you to do? The apostles fully surrender. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24? If any man wants to come after me, let him deny himself and pick up his cross and follow me. Man, we need to see the book of Acts. We need to see it. If we don't see the book of Acts in this generation, then we're done. We are done. If we don't see a revival, we are done. Go back and read the revivals of the past, what God did. Where bars would close down. Bars would close down. All the evil places would close down and the whole city would come to the revival and people would get saved by the hundreds. In verse 3, he says to whom? He also presented himself alive after his suffering by many unfallible proofs, being seen by them, the apostles, during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Remember, he died on the cross. Three days he rose again. And from the rising of the dead, 40 days he lived here with the disciples. Leading them, speaking to them, teaching them. 
And after 40 days, as he says here, now he ascends to heaven on the 50th day, the Holy Spirit comes and baptizes the disciples of Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit. He goes on to say, he says, and he also presented himself alive after his suffering from, uh, by many infallible proofs being seen by them during the 40 days in order, and speaking of the things pertaining to what? To the kingdom of God. He was always speaking about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. We need to talk about the kingdom of God. I mean, how many times do we speak about foolish things? Things that are not building up. Things that are not really edifying people. But sharing our testimony, sharing the gospel of Christ, sharing how God healed you, what God has done this week with you, how He's not only leading you and guiding you, providing for you, all these things that we need to share with people to build up their faith. And then he says, verse 4, and being assembled together, notice the unity here, assembled together, there's no divisions. I mean, why is it like the church of Corinth, they were always having divisions? The Holy Spirit cannot move among divisions. He cannot. You grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Ephesians 4.30 says that. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And the word grieve there means to bring pain. The Holy Spirit's a person. So when you're not connected to the Holy Spirit and you're actually not doing what he says, you grieve the Holy Spirit of God. You bring pain to the Holy Spirit of God. He cannot work in your life the way he wants to work when there's unity, when there's love, when there's forgiveness. And I think that as we study the book of Acts, I think that each one of us individually We need to be in verse 4, being assembled together. Notice the love they had for one another, unity. And he says, together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. When he uses here the word to assemble, in the Greek it means this, the passing of the night with lodging with. The passing of the night and lodging with. So here he's saying, being, lodging, together with them, he commanded them not to what? Not to depart from Jerusalem. You see, there are times that the Lord says, don't go anywhere, stay here. And how many times when the Lord says this to us, we want to go here, we want to do that, and we're not really being obedient to what the Lord says. And the reason he wanted them in Jerusalem is because he was going to baptize them with power. If they would have never obeyed that, they would never have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when you're not open to the Holy Spirit, you don't want to be obedient to the Holy Spirit, guess what? He'll go somewhere else. He'll go somewhere else and do what he has to do. And he says, which he said, you have heard from me. He says in John 14, 16, chapter 15, verse 26, he told the disciples, you guys, when I leave, I'm going to send the promise of the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, he's going to lead you. He's going to teach you. You're going to do all these things because I have promised it. And now I'm delivering it to you. And I think that within our own lives individually, we need to understand the promise was given. And God keeps his promises within each one of our lives. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We're here to empower you in the Word of God. 
Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 for resources to grow your faith, including raw series that's centered on the Holy Spirit's mighty work in the life of the believer. Now back to more with Raul Reese and the conclusion of today's lesson. Then, remember to hear the Holy Spirit, verse 5 again. For John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Remember that uh, when the Lord in the Old Testament was calling, certain individuals received the power of the Holy Spirit. For example, Moses, Joshua, David, Samson, Saul, John the Baptist, Jesus himself brought the gift of the Holy Spirit. And as the Holy Spirit came upon Moses, upon Joshua, David, Samson, imagine Samson, the power that he had to defeat 300 Philistines with a jawbone of an ass. 300. When the Spirit of God came upon him. And that same Spirit of God departed from Samson because of his sinfulness. And in the last day, when they plucked out his eyes and he was going around in circles, working for the Philistines, all of a sudden he said, Lord, give me one more opportunity. And a little boy, he said, Samson said, hey, why don't you carry me over to the stadium, put me next to these doors. And he said there, he went there, he put his arms on, he said, Lord, one more time, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And he began to push, and the whole stadium fell down and killed every one of the Philistines. But you know what sad is? How sad this is? Samson was at the bottom of the pile. But God accepted him. He repented. But he had to pay with his own life. And many times, you know, when you think of our own sins, the Holy Spirit is there to convict us. But are we listening? To the Holy Spirit. That we want the Holy Spirit to baptize me. But the Holy Spirit can't baptize me as long as I live a life of sin. He cannot do that. Why? Because again, we grieve the Holy Spirit of God. That's what sin does. We want to get rid of sin. And when you get rid of sin, you'll see God not only baptizing you, but he'll begin to use you in such a way you never thought you could be used by God. Never thought how God could use your life. Verse 6. Therefore, because of this, when they had come together, notice the unity again. When they had come together, they asked Jesus saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? They thought that Jesus at this particular moment was going to restore and start the thousand year reign of Christ, the kingdom age. That's what they thought. They didn't realize they were going to kill him rice, and then he was going to go to heaven and then come back again. That's why he says here, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked Jesus, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He'd been talking to them about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God was being fulfilled for the future. And the kingdom of God was something that not only he demonstrated to them when he was with them, as he was teaching, preaching, healing the kingdom of God. But you see, the prophecies that are given to us, there is a day coming when Christ comes back at the second coming. There's going to be a 40-day judgment after the second coming to see who goes into the kingdom, who doesn't go into the kingdom. Daniel chapter 9 shares with us. When you look at that in the kingdom age, 
When the kingdom age comes, we're coming back with Christ, riding upon white horses, Jesus Christ leading the pack, and the angels are coming back with him, and the first place we're going to go to, you know where it is? The battle of Armageddon. God's going to wipe out all those people. There is going to be five feet of men's blood by 200 miles long. The worst battle that ever took place. Where millions, millions of people will die in that battle. So God is preparing through the scriptures. He's warning as he's sharing with these guys. Look, you guys, I'm leaving, but I'm coming back again. And the reason I'm leaving is I'm going to pour the Holy Spirit on you guys so you can take my word and go preach it. And see people get saved and get people to be baptized. Verse 7. And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Notice the Lord wants us to live by faith. Doesn't matter when he comes. We live by faith. If he said he's coming back again, he's going to come again. Maybe we won't see it in our own generation, but maybe another generation, but it's going to happen. How many people back in the 1600s, Jonathan Edwards, all these guys that preach about the coming of the Lord and that the Lord was coming back, but he hasn't come back yet? Can we say that God's a liar? I don't think so. He's going to come. And sometimes because he hasn't come yet, yet what happens? We die and we're in the presence of the Lord. So to me, since I got saved, I believe by faith. And I've always believed that Jesus was going to come in my generation. But if he doesn't, I don't really care. I'm going to be in his presence one day. But when he comes, he's coming not with grace and love and mercy. He's coming with his wrath. With his wrath. He's angry. He's angry at this world for the rejection that they had against Jesus. And the things they did against him and his people, he's going to come and he's going to wipe out people. He's going to judge. And I think that's something within each one of our lives that we need to understand that God's word will come to pass. Not in our time, but in his time. It is not for you to know the times and the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Here comes verse 8. But you personally shall receive the authority, the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit, notice, has come upon you. Circle that word upon. Remember I told you, with, in, and upon. The authority given to us. The authority of being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Power, authority to witness, authority to live the Christian life. Authority to rebuke Satan. All these things that are given to us. And then he says the word that he uses here. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses. The word witnesses here it happens to be 13 times in the book of Acts. 13 times. Witnesses. To me. Personal. In Jerusalem. In all of Judea. In Samaria. And unto the ends of the whole earth. Notice the last thing is reference to who? To the Gentiles. Notice that. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, 
and then unto the whole earth. The Gentiles will receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Jew and the Gentiles. You see, we need the Holy Spirit to witness. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to pray. We need the Holy Spirit to overcome sin. We need the Holy Spirit to have the power to speak God's word, to study God's word, to share God's word. And to me, that verse has always been powerful in my life. That the Lord took time to share with the disciples, you guys, listen, and you shall receive. I'm going to give you. You have to receive it. Power, dunamis power that is going to come upon you. And when that power comes upon you, he says you're going to be so amazed in the power that you have to stand against the devil and to be baptized with power of the Holy Spirit, to be able to witness, to overcome sin. And this is what we want here tonight too, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I would pray that each one of us individually would ask for that. Verse 9. And now when he had spoken these things, while they were watching him, so he's in the Mount of Olives standing there. And when he was speaking, while they watched, he was taken up in a cloud, received him out of their sight. So they're watching, and all of a sudden he's gone. Gone completely. Remember when the Shekinah glory of God appeared another time is when they were in Matthew 17, 5, Mark 9, 7, and also the book of Luke 9, 34. In chapter 17, when Jesus took them up to Mount Hermon in the Mount of Transfiguration, and Jesus appeared to them. Peter was there, James, all three of them, Peter, James, and John. And they were standing there, and all of a sudden, Jesus, man, the Shekinah glory was over him. And they were blown away. And the father, Moses was there, Elisha was there speaking to them. And then all of a sudden when Jesus came to the end of being with the father and shared with the disciples, all of a sudden Peter says, Lord, should we build a tabernacle, one for Moses, one for Elisha, and one for you? You know, when he should have been quiet, he spoke out. There are times we need to quiet and just learn and see what God is going to do in our lives. And here he says when he had spoken these things while they were watching. One day we're going to be watching and the Lord's going to be coming back again. It is easy to distance ourselves from the disciples and assume that we could never do great things for God like they did. But we've seen today that they were just ordinary men acting in the Holy Spirit's power and authority. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to hear today's program in its complete form, just call 800-634-9165, and for a donation of $5 or more, we'll send you a complete version of Acts chapter 1. For inspiration to follow the disciples' examples, we'd like to tell you about Raul's four-part series on the Holy Spirit. This study is available on either CD or a flash drive, and it provides more clarity about the Holy Spirit's pivotal role in your life as a believer. You'll see that when you choose to obey His leading, the third member of the Trinity will equip you to accomplish meaningful work in God's name. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 to order Raul's Holy Spirit series. 
We'll send your USB drive for a gift of $12 or the CD collection for $19. That's 800-634-9165. Or you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. This is a listener-supported ministry, and we are blessed by your generous partnership in sharing the Bible's hope of salvation. Every gift is tax-deductible. Join us next time as we continue in Acts with a look at the game-changing day when God first filled His people with the Holy Spirit. You'll see that now, no matter how ordinary you might feel, you can do mighty things for the Lord through the power of His Spirit. Here's Raul with the closing comment. And then while they looked steadfastly, notice, and the word here, steadfastly, means to be a practical gaze. It says, toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men, two angels, stood by them in white dress. And we see that also in Matthew 28, 3, in John 20, verse 12, angels. Angels are found in the book of Revelation. Everywhere you look in the book of Revelation are angels. He says, who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? Don't you remember what Jesus said to you guys? I mean, how many times the Lord tells us something and we're sitting there, uh-huh, uh-huh. When he says, then I tell you guys, don't you believe it? Do it. He goes on. Standing, gazing up into heaven, the same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go up into heaven. The promise of his coming back again. You see, it's describing the day of the Lord. The purpose, to fulfill God's word. Secondly, to judge the world. Thirdly, to reward God's people. And fourthly, to set up his kingdom age. Again, number one, to fulfill his word to judge the world, to reward God's people, and to set up a kingdom age for the people. I am falling in love with you. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.